Amanda, remember that time we found another inventor Edison wanted to steal from? historical podcast i'm your host amanda webb and i'm your host anna webb and this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about all their favorite moments in history and it's black history month part two lovely (laughs) we're doing it right at the end of february because the schedule was a little wonky this time around yes indeed but we're here and we're making them yes we are excited about this one (laughs) um but before we get into it would you like a drink update of course. <laughs> I'm having coffee. Uh-huh. Out of a, might I say, delightful mug. Really <laughs> enjoy the mug that you're having well, coffee out of. Why don't you give your drink update and then we'll talk. Oh, I'm also drinking coffee. <laughs> and would you look at that? It's out of the exact same mug. <laughs> We're on our call this morning, right before we started recording, and Amanda lifted up her drink, and I went, uh and lifted up mine into the frame and we're drinking out of the same coffee mug. We sure are. Which is classic it's, us. Because there have been multiple times where we've gotten on a call or shown up at the same place and we're like wearing the same t-shirt. Yeah. This is, we're having that experience right now. Typical, actually. typical us. Um, don't worry. I do still have water because I am almost done with my coffee. <laughs> so hopefully, no, we've already had enough technical issues this morning. So True. knock on Knock on anything wooden around you. Yes, like sound effect. Um, hopefully everything will be fine. Yeah. Um, it's a morning recording, by the way. That's why I'm having coffee. Usually we record in the evenings that I'm having like a beverage, you know, but I don't want people to be like, is it 5 p.m. and she's having coffee? No, we're recording in the morning today. Yeah, I love a morning we're, record. We're having a morning record. Well, are you ready to get into it? Yes, indeed. Great. So today we're going to learn about Granville T. Woods, um, an adventurer. Lovely. I don't know very I much about this guy, adventure. so I'm excited. I didn't either. About and this. you know, I I had a few ideas for this week, and I was like, you know, I just really want to talk about a black inventor because I feel like we we don't um, talk about them enough, and yet mm-hmm. so many aspects of our lives would not exist without black inventors. Like it's we true. wouldn't have traffic lights. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about Granville T. Woods today. So let's do it. Okay. Granville is born on April 23rd, 1856 in Columbus, Ohio, to Martha J. Brown and Taylor Woods. Um, His mother is part um, Native American um, or indigenous, and his father is African American. Um, So there's not like a ton about his childhood out there. Um... Because, well, for a lot of reasons. So he went to school until probably around age 10, but he has to leave because his family is, like, in poverty and he needs to work. Um, Mm -hmm. So he starts working lots of different jobs, but part of that work is that he works as a railroad engineer in a railroad uh, machine shop. Um, He also starts working as an engineer on a British ship. He works in a steel mill and just as a more kind of general railroad road worker. Wow. So you can see the theme. <laughs> the beginnings. <laughs> the beginnings, yes. Truly the origin story. Excuse me, I just hiccuped really hard. <clears throat> Sorry about that. 
don't talk to me before I've had my podcast. For real. That's what the mug says, by the way. That wasn't just out <laughs> yes. of nowhere. That is what's on the mug. From right. the iconic line of podcast merch yeah. from the McRoy brothers. Amanda, they can't see us, so. I know. <laughs> right. I didn't want it someone to think I was just saying that apropos of That's nothing, what I'm though. saying. Yeah. yeah. It's an audio only experience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> in 1872, he gets a job as like a fireman. But not like a firefighter. Like he's working as a fireman for like the, a railroad oh, okay. station. Um, so it's on the Danville and Southern Railroad in Missouri. Um, eventually he becomes an engineer for this company and he moves to Springfield, Illinois in December of 1874. Um, and he then works at a rolling mill, the Springfield Iron Works. So okay. Kind of odd jobs, but in a specific field. All manual labor and, like, engineering, engineering. Yeah. related. Yeah. Um, it's thought that he does take some, like, college-level courses on engineering and electricity from around 19... Or, sorry, 1876 and 1878. But it's not known where that took place. So nobody can really say, like... There's no record of it, but it right. seems like that's probably what happened. Okay. Um, and he does not have a, a degree. Okay. Just keep that in mind as we talk about, like, all the things that he made. He doesn't right. have a degree. <clears throat> Excuse me. So in 1878, he takes a job aboard the steamer Ironsides, which is classic. Um, and within about two years, he becomes chief engineer. Wow. For that train. Raising up through the ranks. Yeah. Um, he goes back to Ohio um, at a certain point, like in this kind of era of his life. And then he becomes an engineer with the Dayton and Southwestern Railroad. Um, and then in 1880, he moves to Cincinnati. And this is where he decides to establish his own business as an electrical engineer and as an inventor. Cool. So now we're going to talk about the stuff he made. Uh, during this time some of the things N he made a lot of stuff um so in 1884 this is when he gets his first patent for a steam boiler furnace that he has mm. created now he's made things up to this point but this is the first this is the year that he first patents one of his um inventions cool um <clears throat> and in 1885 he patents um quote an apparatus which was a combination of a telephone and a telegraph. So he calls it telegraphony, telegraphy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say that. And it would allow a telegraph station to send voice and telegraph messages through Morse code over one single wire. Interesting. Um, he eventually sells the rights to that one to the American Bell Telephone Company. Huh. He makes a lot of improvements to... Um, like telephones and phonographs over his so he doesn't like invent those things but he right. invents a lot of things that improve that technology huh um and then in 1887 he receives his this is probably his most famous patent okay um it is for the synchronous multiplex railway t railway telegraph okay and this allows communications between train stations from moving trains oh. by creating a magnetic field around a coiled wire under the train. Interesting. So this is like huge. I mean, we still 
use some form of this to communicate yeah. on railways. Um, and actually, so interestingly enough, he had invented this before 1887, obviously, but mm. he had caught smallpox before <sighs> he filed the patent. Oh my gosh. And somebody else filed for it first in 1884. Oh. Um, his name was Lucius Phelps. Of course his name was Lucius. <laughs> <laughs> Lucius Malloy's boy. <laughs> Boo. This. I was drinking coffee when you did that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm going to spit it out. Okay. <clears throat> but in 1887, Granville uses his notes and his sketches and a working model of his invention to secure his patent. So he challenges this guy. He's he like, says, look no. at all. Here's all the evidence that I came up with it first. Exactly. I made this for first. Him. Here's all of my research for it mm-hmm. um, that you did not do. <laughs> Um, also, for this patent, our old friend or enemy, um, Thomas Edison decides. Thomas Edison, known villain of this podcast. (laughs) Known villain of the piece. Yes. It's quickly becoming like Thomas Edison and Henry VIII are like the villains of this podcast. (laughs) They really are. He's the worst. He's the The worst. worst. Well, here he comes because he decides he wants to file a claim to the ownership of the patent. um, Saying that he had created a similar telegraph first. And so he was entitled to the patent for this device. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I hate that man. man. (laughs) Yeah. He tries (coughs) twice to get this patent from from Granville. Uh Which is like, okay, he was already trying to get patents from everybody else, but like this is a black inventor and you're really gonna you're really gonna come for him like this. Yeah, so <laughs> the thing about Thomas Edison is that he wanted to collect patents like they were Pokemon mm-hmm. cards. Like gotta catch them Absolutely. all. He wanted every he wanted to be the inventor of everything yeah. while simultaneously putting in the effort to be the inventor of nothing. Yeah, exactly. If he so much as looked at something he was like, oh, he was like, I invented mine. that. That's is, it, my is it at all related to the work that I actually have done? Mm, then I did it. It doesn't I even it. have to be. If it is no. it an invention, he wants it's it. mine now. It's mine now. <laughs> I can't, I can't He's like a literal supervillain. I hate that man. <laughs> he is, except that he was like successful a lot of the time. You know, like supervillains right. don't find success in their supervillainry most of the time. But yeah. Edison did a, quite a bit, which is infuriating. Well, that's because he was a rich white man, so he yeah, was well, able yeah. to be a supervillain in real life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that episode so, of Bob's Burgers was so right. He really, <laughs> yeah. he truly was the villain of the piece. I he hate absolutely that man. was. He absolutely sorry, I had to go on a Thomas Edison rant. I hate, I hate I him. I knew you would as soon as I yeah. started reading about it. I was like, Amanda, he gonna sucks. Be he sucks. Yeah. Well, so he loses to Granville twice in trying to challenge him for this patent. And then he decides to offer Granville a position at the Edison Company. And Granville says, I'm good. Thank you so much. Good for him. I'm so Because that's the other thing he'll do is if you don't give in, he'll try and buy you out. Yep. Because then he's going to own everything you invent anyway because you work from here on out. Right. Yep. His name will go on everything. Yeah, if you don't, if you want more about Thomas Edison and how much we hate him, go back and listen to Amanda's episodes on um, the current war- wars, Nikola Tesla and the cor- current wars. Uh, yeah, that's a tongue twister first thing in the morning. Um, it was yeah, a two parter. 
Um, yeah, because I had a lot to say about Thomas Edison yeah, and Nikola exactly, Tesla. Exactly. I made that episode and I was like, I want to talk about Nikola Tesla. And then I was like, oh, Lord, I have a lot more to say than just about Nikola Tesla. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um. So anyway, he gets past Edison, but there are a lot of other people who want to, you know, take credit for this device of course uh, so he, he kind of has trouble like enjoying his success uh-huh. um but basically he ends up what it comes down to is that he proves that there are no other devices that um he could have depended upon or relied on to make his device it's brand new so nobody can say like well i invented this thing first which allowed him to invent this other thing therefore uh-huh. i should get credit ultimately he proves more than once like that's not no, the case. This is brand new. I made this. Yeah. yeah. So once he kind of can finally secure the patent for real, it's very successful, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, and he reorganizes his business as the Woods Electric Company um, to market and sell his patents specifically. Because, you know, before it was like an invention company. And now he's saying, oh, we're going to actually sell the stuff. Right. Right. Um, this is another really interesting one that I want to, I, I think you're going to find really cool. So okay. in 1888. Hey, that's, he, the, that's the year that um, Jack the Ripper was doing all his Jack stuff. Jack the Ripper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't got to do one of those in a while. We I talk know. about the year 1969 a lot more than we talk about the year 1888. What is with that? That's so I don't get to do my bit as often as you get to do your bit. Yeah, I guess 1969, like, a lot of stuff was happening. Well, we also just talk about a lot of people who lived during that time period, so yeah. sometimes they did stuff in that year, just occasionally, yes. you know, like. Yeah, that's true. So in 1888, he manufactures a system of overhead electric conducting lines for railroads. Um, it's modeled after the system pioneered by Charles Van mm, De Pol. I don't know if mm. that's how you say his name. Yeah. Um, but he, so that is the inventor who had start. he had installed his electric well, railway system in 13 U.S. cities. So, okay. So Granville is like trying to improve upon this system, basically. Um, sorry, I have to read for a second here. Yeah, you're good. Okay. So something important happens, though. There is a blizzard in 1888 around New York City. The Great Blizzard. That's what they call it. Um, There's an I Survived book about it. I had it in my classroom, (laughs) and I read it with some of my kids. Wow. So after this blizzard, the mayor of New York City, Hugh J. Grant, you know, Hugh Grant, um, Mm -hmm. he (laughs) says, (laughs) you know, Mayor Hugh Grant. You know, famed actor Hugh Grant back in 1888. (laughs) Who was the mayor of New York City. He he says that all wires um, now have to be removed and buried. So a lot of these wires power the above ground rail system. Yes. But now they want them to be moved underground because there were so many wires above New York City. It was it was becoming like a huge, genuine hazard. Yeah. And there was a big old blizzard, which it's if you see any picture, there are not a lot of pictures, obviously, from then, but there are. And it looks insane. The number of wires that used to be over New York City and other cities in America, because every new invention that we were making required the use of wires Right. And so we just kept stringing them overhead, and it was yeah. a problem. Yep. 
Yep. So the wires are being moved underground. And this is actually like good news for Granville because his system that he's working on um, builds upon previous third rail systems, which if you've ever ridden an underground train, you know what a third rail is. Um, and those are used for light rails and incre- they increase the power for use of underground trains, right? So this is what he's been working on. Huh. Um, I'm just going to read this little quote here. So it says, his system relied on wire brushes to make connections with metallic terminal heads without exposing wires by installing electrical conductor rails. Once the train car had passed over, the wires were no longer live, which reduces the risk of injury. Oh. So they test this system in February of 1892 in Coney Island on the figure eight roller coaster. Oh, cool. I've been watching, I've been watching a lot of defunct land. And so, I am so interested right now in the history of roller coasters and yeah, yeah. things like that. So that is fascinating. We love Defunct Land on this podcast. We do love Defunct Land. Um, so later that year in 1892, Woods is actually arrested. Oh. And he's charged with libel. Um, because he takes out an ad in a trade magazine warning against patronizing the American Engineering Company of New York City. So, you know what? Good he did him. this because, yeah, the company had provided funds for him to market this new invention. Mm-hmm. Um, but a really crucial component of the invention is missing from the deal. Mm. So, the manager of the company, James S. Zerby, um, later steals this like very important component because it wasn't mm-hmm. part of the deal mm. um so he prints this ad that's like hey don't don't work with these guys <laughs> these guys are crooks don't don't go over there and then they sued him for libel um but eventually <laughs> he is acquitted um and zerby actually um he had already patented the design in europe but uh. it was valued at like a million dollars uh-huh. Um, so he, like, lost a lot of that money because he had already patented it somewhere else. Right. Um, but he does, Granville does end up getting the patent in the U.S. Um, in 1893. And then in 1901, he ends up selling it to General Electric. So he did get some money for it, but he lost out on apparently a lot of revenue from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird aside, but I have... A couple of kids in my class who are fascinated by the history of General Electric. Is that like cool with the kids now? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It, what it is, I think, is that um, there's like a thing you know that you sometimes see on the internet where people are like, "Did you know that General Electric also makes guns? You know, oh, like they make yeah. they like produce a machine gun." Well, and then when we talked about the twenties and when they started getting really popular, and then we talked about the forties and how all of those companies started making war products well general electric being such a big company just kept doing that and i have kids who are like what like fascinated by that and i don't i just wasn't prepared for that i guess there's a deep rabbit hole there my friends yeah there really is it was it was it was weird it was just two or three kids but they talk about it like anytime we mention general electric that's funny you've you've introduced them to their first historical hyperfixation yeah i guess (laughs) i have done that for a couple of kids it's delightful that's good we love that yeah it's fun 
Um, so at some point in his life, I don't know what year, but he he does get married. Granville gets married to a woman named Ada. Um, but in 1891, they divorce. She's granted a divorce from him because of adultery reasons. Uh, yes, unfortunate. Yeah, and like when he started to become well known, that all the papers and stuff would be like, "Look at this! Look at this bachelor." It's like a cool bachelor, but he was married. So um, I don't know that that helped with the whole adultery yeah, thing. That's all yeah. I'm saying. But, that's, you know. Uh, that's no good. Yeah, it's not. But that, hey, listen. If that's the worst yeah. thing he's done, okay. Yeah. We've had a way worse, again. We certainly have. <laughs> See Henry VIII on Thomas Edison. Truly, truly. Um, Speaking of how he's described, he's he's usually described as very articulate um, and very, like, stylish. He mm. would always dress in, like, all black. He was very, like, sleek and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, at times, he would sometimes refer to himself as an immigrant from Australia because mm. he thought that he would be given a lot more respect if people thought that he wasn't from this country. Um, yeah. Which is fair enough. It's true. Like, he's certainly not the only person who did that. Yeah. That was very much a thing. Yeah. There's a bit, this, and this is going to be an aside, but it relates. There's a bit in Our Flag Means Death mm-hmm. where um, two of the pirates are black and they go on this French ship. Yes, and they pretend to be foreign princes yes, so that they right. so they can, like, hang out, you know? Um, and they, like, play the entire system of these French, white French yeah, people. Yeah, they, like, they, like, they invent set the up pi- a con. They the invent the pyramid scheme. Yes, that's right. Quite literally. Um, it's so funny. Or the, um, wealthy foreign, di- di- like, dignitary whatever thing where it's like, I have investments in this pyramid, but I need your help to help right. to get the... Um, funds yeah. to go dig they're it all like, up and then you'll get a portion of the wealth, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, basically selling them timeshares. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then all the money that they steal, they give to all of those people's slaves and then they all run away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great bit. That's a good one. Yeah. But it's that same idea of, like, oh, you're, you're foreign, therefore you're fancy. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, so also in his time when Granville's, you know, very well known, um, mm. black newspapers write about him a lot because he's very famous and they express a lot of pride in him and his achievements as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, th- a lot of them would call him professor, even, <laughs> though he did, even though he didn't have a degree, you know, it's just like a cool. It wasn't teaching, but. <laughs> right, right. But he's smart. So, you, yeah. you know, makes sense. Professor. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so in 1892, uh, Granville moves his business to New York, and his brother comes with him. I'm probably going to say his name wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Laetes. That's how Mm -hmm. I would say it if it were Greek. Um, And he also has several inventions, so he comes and works with him. But ultimately, this company dissolves in 1893, just the formalized company. I mean, he's still Mm -hmm. inventing. Um, in 1896, he invents a system for controlling electrical lights in theaters known as the safety dimmer, huh. which is, of course, economical, it's safe, and it's efficient. It saves like 40% of electricity used in theaters. When they dim the lights when you're in a theater, Granville T. Woods invented that. That's that so technology. cool. 
Um, so over the course of his lifetime, Granville T. Woods obtains more than 50 patents. Wow. Um, he This includes an automatic brake. Oh. An, an egg incubator. Oh, my gosh. And then he also gets patents for his improvements to other technology, like the safety circuit, the telegraph, the telephone, the phonograph, like I kind of mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, and people start referring to him as, like, the Black Edison, which I think is an insult because he's better I than agree. Edison. <laughs> I agree. They didn't think it then because... If you're going to compare him to how... anyone, compare him to Tesla. He is I know, right? genuinely he's more so similar more to like Tesla. Tesla. Yes, yeah. Except for all the, you know, like eccentricities but right yeah, in, in terms, terms of the, of the actual, actual work he's doing yeah but people back then i think didn't realize just how gross edison was i mean the people in the field certainly did yeah. but like the general public probably didn't yeah um, so on january 30th of 1910 granville dies of a cerebral hemorrhage at harlem mm. hospital in new york city at the age of 53 wow um, and until 1975, he is in an unmarked grave, which That's is wild yeah. to me. Um, but a historian named M.A. Harris helps to raise funds um, and gets a lot of corporations that had used Granville's inventions to like donate money to purchase mm. a headstone for him. Oh, good. Um, so that is erected at St. Michael's Cemetery in Elmhurst um, in Queens. Mm. Um, just a couple more little notes here. Baltimore City Community College has a Granville T. Woods scholarship in his memory. So if you want to be an inventor, maybe this is a good place you could go <laughs> and get a scholarship. Um, in 2004, the New York City Transit Authority organizes an exhibition on him, um, which uses the bus and train depots. Um, uh-huh. And during this, I, I thought this was kind of cool. Um, they issue four million metro cards to commemorate his achievements in pioneering the third rail. So they like give That's a bunch very of metro cool. Cards. That was really cool. I had never heard of this before, but I mean, I guess, you know, I don't live in New York, so why would I know? But that wasn't that long ago, I guess is what I'm saying. But that was pretty cool. Yeah. In 2006, he's inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Awesome. Um, And in April 2008, the corner of Stillwell and Mermaid Avenues in Coney Island is named Granville T. Woods Way after him. That's cool. Which I thought was really cool. So there's a little bit of a shorter one today just because there wasn't a lot of um, background on, like, his personal life. Uh-huh. But the inventions are so cool. Yeah. Um, and there's so, again, just, like, so much in our lives that, like, we owe to black inventors that people don't know because we don't get taught any of that. Like, what uh-huh. we were taught in public school was that a black man invented peanut butter and that was the end of the list. I'm not kidding. I know that's, like, yeah. a cliche now, but that's literally what true. I was taught yeah. in school in the 90s, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, I, there are so many great black inventors out there, so I wanted to talk about one of them today. Yeah, he's really interesting. That was I enjoyed learning about him. I thought you might. It's you like that kind of. I do. You know, electricity. The, I think it's interesting. Know, I think the history yeah. of all that stuff is fascinating. Yeah, the current wars era and that kind of. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a Sawyer joke. Great. I would love to hear it. 
and noted on Anna's episodes, sometimes we don't get a swear joke because I, I forget to look at what she's talking about. Um, but I pulled it up and just did a, a rough Google so we could understand who this dude was. So this is this is the Sawyer joke today. Okay. Ready? What did the telegraph operator say to the kids pranking him? Um, what? This is used for work. Stop. This is not a game. Stop. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good one. <laughs> I like that one a lot. I really like it. <laughs> Nothing like a good telegraph joke. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a game. Stop. Stop. <laughs> That's funny. That's really good. Oh, oh that was a good Sawyer <clears throat> joke. Tell them I liked that one. Mm-hmm. Well, history's great, but today is good too. What's the, your favorite thing about modern times? Welcome to modern times. It's a segment of the podcast where we talk about the things we like about the here and now. And it's two episodes in a row. Yes. Yes. We love modern times. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who went first last time. You went first last time. Okay, go ahead. I'll go first this time. Um, I promise that this was already my modern times before our bit this morning. Okay. Um, but I was going to bring fun mugs. Oh, fun mugs. (laughs) Because I went to get a fun mug this morning for my coffee, and then I was thinking, I love a fun mug. I do too. I like, I like every morning I get up and I don't drink a lot of coffee, but I have like, I have a little iced coffee thing that I drink with my breakfast and I go and I pick out a fun mug. Every morning I get to drink out of a different fun mug. Um, and I also like a fun mug because the, the, the big problem is that then you own too many fun mugs. Oh yeah. That's my problem right now. I have What do you do with all of your fun mugs? Um, I now have my collection and Sawyer's collection of fun mugs, so we have a great deal of fun mugs. So we've started using them as decoration in our kitchen, like they're sitting out to decorate our kitchen. You can use them as pencil cups. I have, I think, two different mugs on my desk at work that are full of pens because it is, that's what they're so good for. You can drink (laughs) soup out of them. You can have cereal out of them. I love a fun mug. You can do anything with a mug. Every once in a while- Every once in a while, I'll have my wine out of a fun mug. Just for fun. Just uh, to sort of reflect on those college days. Yeah, 100%. It's 100% college days. Because I had like a wine glass in college. (laughs) That was it. So if it was dirty, I was using a mug, baby. Yep. Yeah, I love a fun mug. I have so many. And I have like the ones that are... Like my favorites that I drink out of pretty much every morning. Yes, yeah, right? same. And they're all hand washed. Like I won't put because I don't want to ruin the fun aspects uh-huh. of the design. I won't put them in the dishwasher. You know. So yes. <laughs> oh, this particular, shelf. this particular fun mug, I always hand wash and still it's starting to chip just because yeah, you know I what? use it a lot. Mine's in decent shape, thankfully. I use mine a lot. I do too. It's on my top shelf, my McElroy podcast mug, mm-hmm. and so is my other McElroy one. That says, um, 20 funny, fill your life with laughter and love. Before we knew <laughs> exactly. what would happen in 2020. It feels like a relic. Um, it certainly is. So <laughs> that's a really good one. Fun mugs. Yeah. Thank you. Now, okay. So mine also, I promise, was a thing, was the one I picked before we started talking today. YouTube video essays. Oh my gosh! You mentioned Defunct Land. And yeah. I, I was like, that's so funny because that's what I'm going to talk about, basically. I, big time. I love the YouTube video essay. 
Me too. It's long form. It's like a documentary, but shorter and Uh more conversational. Yes. And I can watch them about anything. Uh Uh-huh. I like the defunct land ones with the, you know, theme park history or Disney Channel or Nickelodeon history. You know, I love TV history, yeah. Yes. I love um, true crime ones. I would say all the true crime YouTubers that I watch, they're doing video essays, even if they're like... This is just my, you know, video for today. That's an S, you know, you're doing research yes. and you're writing out a script, you know, like Bailey Sarian is doing a video essay, right? Yeah. I like to watch them about like influencers and weird stuff that they do. And- so you're watching <laughs> a lot of nature doc oh, type yeah, ones yeah. about like, there, there's somebody that I can't remember the YouTuber's name, but there's somebody that they watch that does long form video essays on um, like ocean creatures and does Ooh. like four or five videos that are each like 20 minutes long that all relate and then will also release it as one big long essay. Oh, I love so you that. can watch it chunked or you can watch the whole series together. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I like to watch ones about like scammers. And yes. like cults and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, that that's the thing. Like you mentioned what Sawyer likes to watch. Like they, they're, every, like you can get one on anything. Yeah. Because it's YouTube and there's such a wide variety of interest yeah. on there. It's not like with a documentary on a streaming service where they're going to give you what will sell. It's uh-huh. like you can find a video essay on anything on YouTube. And everybody's making them about whatever they feel like. So there's exactly. always something to your interest and you're always finding new people who are really cool and creative. Um, yeah. And I'm just impressed with like the research and then the production of it. Like yes. people are producing like crazy cool video essays yes. on so many things and yes. even the ones where they're just sitting talking to the camera like mm-hmm. that's a lot of production work and it's really mm-hmm. very impressive mm-hmm. no, my number one recommendation of this i've watched it three times in the last week is the defunct land video where he figures out who created the disney channel theme yeah it's i, I i'm obsessed I've, I've literally watched it three times in the last week it's yeah, so it was, good it was all over my social medias because i you know follow a lot of people who who watch um defunct land pretty regularly and everybody's talking about this video essay that i hadn't watched yet because i really only watched defunct land like then i only watched it a little bit here and there and everybody started talking about this video essay and one night i was like okay i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna watch this essay and I immediately sent it to Amanda. I was like, I'm not kidding when I tell you this is like one of the best things I have ever watched on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. so like unexpectedly moving, but it's yes. really entertaining and interesting. It, oh, it's It's fantastic. nostalgic. It, it hits all the... And he also did a really, really cool one on the fast pass system that yes. is like... The amount of research and detail he went in to do that one is like insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like the, the one people that are he making did amazing about, stuff. I know. I like the one that he did about the Garfield ride at Kennywood. Oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. Pittsburgh gal. Um, yeah. And everybody knows that I rode that ride in elementary school when I took a trip oh, yeah. there, and it was a trip. It was a trip. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Truly. But it's a like a very famous ride. Like everybody up here kind of knows the history of like the ride and stuff. But it was cool that he did an essay about it. I was like, wow, that's yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, so that's mine. Love it. <laughs> look at us go. Look at us go. We did it. Hey, look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Well, folks, 
that's a wrap on this year's Black History Month episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we both had a really good time researching them. Um, Yeah, we found some interesting people this year. Yeah, so hope everybody enjoyed listening. Um, So I think we've decided that next month, um, Amanda is going to cover both episodes because I'm going to be traveling for this big work thing and doing a lot of work and I'm not going to have time to research. So you're going to get two Amanda hosted episodes. Which is appropriate for the month of March. Yeah, it's your birthday month. Yes. I love March. So, coming up, folks. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I will be doing two episodes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) On what? Um, Who knows? Who knows? We'll find out. And Uh then in April, you got this guy again. It's happening. We're going to talk about QE2, Queen Elizabeth II. It's time. Buckle in. You're up, folks. It's coming. Um, but after that, we're going to need some topic suggestions. Cer- certainly. Because <laughs> we don't have a plan after that. So if anybody has any topics that they would like to hear about or have us research for them, um, you can always email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at rttpod. You can also find us on Facebook if you want. Um, and we would love it if you would give us a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, and if you'd like to find me on the internet, I am at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. Woo-hoo. Happy Black History Month, everybody. I hope that you had um, you were able to get into a lot of education and um, you know, learn some things during this this wonderful historical month. Um, yes. and until next time, remember that time.